Today's daf is Memzayin in Masechet Yoma. We are uh, eight lines from the bottom of Memzayin Amud Aleph. We got ahead of ourselves, which is good. Uh, yesterday, Tanura Banan, Bekumtso. Now, this is not referring to the, uh, this is referring to a mincha, to a flower offering that would be brought. And obviously, there are a lot of analogies between the ketoret of the, um, of Yom Kippur, which is brought in the hands of the Kohen Gadol that he has to lift out of a larger pan of, of ketoret, and the, uh, and the mincha, which also has to be lifted by hand, although it's one hand, uh, the kometz has to be taken uh, and offered on the mizbech. So there's similarities. But now, so we're going on to the topic right now of the mincha, which is going to intersect with what we've been discussing previously. So, you don't make a measurement for the kometz, meaning to say, you could say, well, I realize that when I take the kometz, it comes out to be uh, such and such ounces, I don't know, whatever quantity, uh, such and such grams of, of flour, such and such uh, volume, whatever. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just make a measuring cup. Instead of sticking my hand in, I'll make a measuring cup of the amount that it would be equivalent to my handful, and I'll use that rather than get my hands dirty. It says, So Ibailu, they asked the question, So what about the Kohen Gadol doing that for the Chafina of Yom Kippur? In other words, when it comes to the Kohen, it says, which means literally with his hand, he has to do it. So he can't use a measuring cup, even if the measuring cup would actually take out the same exact amount of flour as his hand. He can't do that. So what about for the Chafina? What about for the Yom Kippur uh, Ketoret? Even though it says Melochofnav, that he has to take it out, it sounds like with his two hands, maybe he could use a measuring cup for that. So that's the question. So the question is, Maybe only over by the Mincha where it specifies Bekumtso, which means with his actual hand. Because when it comes to Yom Kippur, it doesn't say he has to take it with his hands. It says the amount that fills his hands. Maybe it's just an amount. Maybe he can use a scooper to do it. Maybe he doesn't have to use his hands. Or Dilma, or maybe just like it says Kumtso, he uses the word Melo to describe the full handful that he takes of the Mincha and he has to literally do that with his hand. So he should also have to literally lift the Ketoret out with his hands. That's the, so Tashma, come and listen. It says this was the measurement. In our Mishnah it says that. Doesn't that imply that if instead of using his hands he just wants to get the right measurement. In other words, if he goes and measures the amount of, of Ketoret that would fit into his hands he should just be able to then have a vessel made that matches that amount and use that. Why can't he do that because it says that's the midah. It implies that you could make a measurement for that. No, not necessarily. What it means is this is the amount he's going to pick up inside. We're going to discuss this later in the Gemara. It's going to discuss it later. But basically, what ends up happening is when he gets into the Kodesh Kodeshim, the way that he does it is first he has to put the, the ketorah back into his hands. And then he puts it on the fire. In other words, initially he takes out the, the, the ketorah with his hands. And he puts that onto the kaf, onto this large spoon. And he carries that and the fire pan into the Kodesh HaKodeshim. When he gets into the Kodesh HaKodeshim, he doesn't just spill from the spoon onto the uh, onto the fire pan, even though it seems like that would be the easiest thing to do. Instead, he takes the spoon and empties it into his hands again, and then places directly with his hands onto the 
fire. That's what he, that's what he has to do. So that would actually mean that uh, that's why it says vikachaita midata. This was the measurement, meaning this is exactly the amount that he has to put back in his hands when he's in the kodesh kodeshim. So he has to do it twice, but it doesn't in- imply that he would be able to use a scooper to do it. He never uses a scooper; he always uses his hands. He originally takes out his, the amount that fills his two hands for the ketorah, and then he puts that into a big spoon, and then he carries the spoon and the fire pan into the kodesh kodeshim. Then he again. Uh, takes from the spoon back into his hands and places that over the fire. That's the process, but there's no use of any measuring cup. So the Gemara asks, Dilma Shimratza. So Shamat Mina, Chofen Vachoze Vachofen. So this supports the opinion, because it's actually a machloket later, that that's how he has to do it, that he actually has to empty the, the spoon back into his hands and place it directly over the fire. But that's actually a matter of debate later, because there are those that say that you should be able to spill once you already have taken it in your hands and put it in the spoon, you should be able to just spill from the spoon right onto the fire. So this supports the view. This Then according to your reading of the Mishnah, the Mishnah unequivocally takes a position on that issue and says that actually, no, he has to spill it back into his hands first. He can't directly put it from the spoon onto the fire. So you're saying that this Mishnah actually takes sides in that debate? The Gemara says, no. No, because it's possible to read the Mishnah either way. You could read the Mishnah as supporting the view that he has to put it into his hands twice, or you could read the Mishnah as supporting the idea that he's allowed to make a measuring cup for it. Or it could just be telling you that you're not allowed to have more or less. In other words, it's not telling you that the person, uh, uh, it's, it's saying this, that he should make sure that it's exactly the amount that fits in his hands, not more and not less. Meaning he shouldn't say, well, it's in my hands, but there's a lot of space in his hands still. In other words, you could take it in and not fill your hands, or you could take it in and it's overflowing, gushing over your hands, right? So it's saying that's what it means, that's the measurement. The measurement is exactly what fills the hands of the Kohen Gadol, not more and not less. So basically, we cannot derive any further implications from the Mishnah. We can't derive from the Mishnah that you could or could not use the measuring cup instead of using the hands directly. We can't derive from the Mishnah whether he does have to go back Pour the uh, pour from the spoon back into his hands and place it on the fire pen in the Kodesh Kodeshim or not? Those are both debated issues, and we can interpret the Mishnah in such a way as to sidestep those issues and not have an answer. Now again, this is going back to the Mincha. The full he has to have a handful. You might think that it could be exploding out. In other words, you have a handful and it's like bulging out on all sides. In his hand. In other words, it has to be exactly within the uh, the hands, not bulging out. So maybe you'll tell me that that means that even if he just takes the amount that fits in his fingertips, like maybe he just has to fit in here. How do you know it has to be his whole hand? Maybe his fingertips is enough. So uh, it says, no, that's why it says, It doesn't say only. One pasuk says, but the other one says, which means the fullness of the hand. That's not enough to just take in your fingertips the flower of the of the mincha. It has to be the whole hand. So how do you? Um, so so it says ibekumso. So that's melokum. So so it says kidekamtsei in she the way that people normally take a handful. Haketzad. How do they normally do it? In other words, you put your hand into the flower. And you fold the three middle fingers forward or backward, however you view that, towards yourself. And that is the amount that fits in the handful. Okay, so in other words, you don't use your thumb and you don't use your pinky. The three middle fingers, so you put your hand in the flower, you curl the three middle fingers together, and whatever is held by them in the palm of your hand, that's called the komets. Okay, that's called the full komets. Okay. What do you mean? It's really the same thing. The same but for Yom Kippur, it's chofnav, both hands. 
for min- same, same, same thing. But the, but for min- for the kitor it has to be two hands. Chofnav, right? When it comes to kom- when it comes to minchat, one hand on it. That's the only difference. So it's two different words, but same thing. Yeah. So now uvmachvat. What about when you had? And a, a mincha that isn't flour, but it's machvat. It's actually baked in a pan. Of marcheshet, there are two kinds. There's the fr- there's the thin pan and there's the deep pan. Right? The ma- the machvat is the thinner pan. The meaning the shallower pan, I guess, is the right word, not thinner. Shallower pan, and then there's a the deep pan. So the, so they they produce different kinds of baked goods, but these are different menachot. You have a solet, you have a koban that's a minchat solet, which is just a flour. You can have minchat machavat, which is more like fried, and then you have minchat marcheshet, which is more like deep fried. It's a deeper like pan. Pancakes or levi- that's like a machavat. That's like a machavat, and marcheshet is deeper. But remember, they're all not chametz. They're all matzah. None of them are chametz, like the way you're thinking a pancake. They, but they are fried in deeper, shallower pan. Right, so in that case, mochek begudalo milimalo v'etzbao ketanam milimata v'zoi avodak kashash b'mikdash. So when you would do this with flour, in other words, if you would do a kometz with flour, you would stick your hand into the flour, you would bend back three fingers, and whatever else was extra would just fall out of your hand because it's just flour. It's no problem. But when you would do that with minchat machavat minchat marchesha, which is a cake basically, it's like a cake, it's like a baked thing. So if you curve your finger back, there's still going to be stuff sticking out on the sides. So what do you do? You have to use your thumb over here and your pinky over here so that all that remains is what's held down by the three fingers, okay? I don't know. Some people have a difficult time. Right, so it says that's avodash kashash b'mikdash. It's hard to coordinate that you get the exact measurement. There's no other hard avodot. But there's but there's malika that's also very difficult where you have to cut the back of the neck of the bird with your thumb. Um, what about the chafina? That's also very difficult. The way that the kohen gadol would take the uh, and it's not talking about the one inside the outside. The one outside is not so hard. You just take it with your two hands and then you place it into the into the kaf. It's talking about inside the bet hamikdash where he had to hold the kaf. He had to hold the spoon and pour it into his own hands. That was a lot harder. That was that required a lot of coordination. And so these are all avodot kashot. So it says avodot kashot Anything that requires a lot of coordination is uh, among the difficult avodot in the mikdash. It doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means that it's, it, it requires a little bit of coordination, and some people will be less dexterous than others. Am Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi Yoshua ben The question was asked by Rabbi Yoshua ben Oza'a ben Abenaim shel Melochum What is the status? of what gets caught between the fingers, right? Because normally what you're supposed to have is what's in the palm of the hand held down by the three fingers. What about what gets caught in between the fingers? That's also going to be uh, counted towards the uh, amount. So what do you do with that? So it says, uh, so he says that, uh, whatever is um, inside, in other words, whatever's facing inside that's stuck to the fingers, that for sure is part of the comets. And whatever's outside, well, whatever's on the outside, the Whatever faces outside. In other words, if you put your hand in flour, some of it's going to come to the outside of your fingers, in between, but to the outside, and some's going to be to the inside. The one that's facing to the inside, for sure. The question is, whatever is actually in between here, that if you close your hand, you won't see it, right? It's not going to be showing on the outside. That's for sure not part of the comets. Whatever's showing on the inside when you hold your fingers like this, it would be definitely part of the comets. Whatever's in between the fingers that slides between, that's where it's going to be an issue and a question, right? So that's what so Rafapa is clarifying it. That would be the issue, right? 
Shalach the Beni Beni. My, so what's the status of that? Amar Yochanan Hadar Pashta Rabbi Shua Ben Ozaah. Later on, Rabbi Shua Ben Ozaah resolved it, although he didn't really resolve it. I mean, this resolution is not a resolution, but we'll see. Ben Abenaim Safik Ninhu. We treat that as a Safik, which that was the resolution that it's a Safik. So Hechiavit, what does he do? Amar Rabbi Chanina Maktir Kometz Lechudet Chila Avada Ben Abenaim. What you have to do is that you first you can't count it towards the, towards the Kometz. So first you take the Kometz that you took. And, and you don't put it directly on the altar, by the way. When a, we learned it in Masachet Menachot, but when, when a Kohen takes a Kometz, right, he first puts it in another Kli. And then that Kli is conveyed to the Mizbeach, and then it's placed from there onto the Mizbeach, right? Then he would have to take whatever's stuck between his fingers, wipe it off, and burn that on the Mizbeach separately. That's what he's saying he has to do. It can't be included in the Kometz, but it also can't be... Not burned, because if, because may, right, because maybe it's comet. If it's comets, it needs to be burned. If it's not comets, then it can't be added to the comets, because that would be adding shirayim extra to the comets. You can't do that. But there's only one problem. So now he explains. So the problem is this. That um, so he says Maktir Kometz Chodet Chilavada Ben Abinaim Diamrat Ben Abinaim Beresha Right Dilma Shiraim Ninhu So because if basically if the uh, if you're gonna say um, if you're gonna burn the uh, the part in between the fingers first it will be a problem because Dilma Shiraim Ninhu maybe it's really not part of the Kometz VaHavodu Shiraim Shachasu Ben Mitzal Aktara VaAmar Mor Shiraim Shachasu Ben Mitzal Aktara In Maktir and Alein at the Kometz We have a general rule that if anything goes missing from a Mincha before you have time to put the comets on the Mizbeach, it's no good. So in other words, you have only two categories of things. You have what's included in the comets, which is destined for the altar, and you have the Shirayim, which would be eaten by the Kohanim. Once you take the comets and you separate it, whatever's left has to be fully intact in the meantime, until that comets gets to the Mizbeach. If, let's say, you had the comets in the, in the pan and you're going to take it to the Mizbeach, and what's left over gets blown away by the wind or burnt up or destroyed, so now you can't put the comets on the Mizbeach anymore because it can only go if it's a portion of, the, if the rest of what it came from is fully intact. So therefore, if what's between the fingers is really not part of the comets, that means it's really actually part of the leftovers. And you're not allowed to burn or destroy any part of the leftovers until the comets reaches the Mizbeach. So therefore, you can't burn what's in between the fingers before you burn the comets. It has to still be extant. It still has to exist. So you first burn the comets, then you take what's in between the fingers, you wipe it into the Mizbeach and you burn that. Right? But if the problem is this. You have a different problem, which is how can you burn it at all? Because true, if it's, in other words, if it's part, it's a miman of the other way around. Because if it's, it, it, it's a problem. Because if you're going to say that it's part of the comets, so it should be burnt with the comets. And if it's not part of the comets, that means it's shiraim. If it's shiraim, you can't burn it. You're not allowed to burn shiraim. Even after you offer the comets, you're not allowed to take part of the uh, uh, shiraim and put it on the mizbeach. It has to be eaten by the kohanim. So how could you burn it? So it says, That's talking about a case, Rabbi Eliezer, they were talking about a case where the, uh, the uh, limbs of a chatat become mixed up with the limbs of an ola. And you don't know which is which. Now normally the limbs of a chatat are eaten by the kohanim. 
Right? And the limbs of an ola obviously are burnt, but you don't know which is which. So on one hand, you shouldn't be able to eat it. You obviously can't eat them because you could be eating from an ola. On the, uh, only a kohen can eat it, but it would be eating from an ola. On the other hand, if you put it up on the mizbech, you could be burning parts of a chatat that are not supposed to be burnt. So what do you do? He says you can put it up on the mizbech. You know why? Because you're not allowed to put it up on the mizbech means you're not allowed to put it up as an offering on the mizbech, but you're allowed to put it up as firewood on the mizbech. So say, I'm having in mind whichever parts here are really from the olap that's intended to go for the korban. And whatever in here is considered part of the chatat is really part of the chatat. That's firewood. He says you're allowed to do that. So so to here you do the same thing. You put the komets on from the mincha and then whatever's between the fingers that you wipe off under the mizbech you say this is fire. If this is really part of the komets it's part of the komets. And if it's not it's firewood. That's all. But the problem is that that's good. That solution only works according to Rabbi Eliezer. What about the rabbis? I love this answer. They get fat kohanim. Right? You think that, see, so fat shaming doesn't exist in the Beit HaMikdash like they have today in the society. You're not supposed to shame people. No, they like it. If you're fat, that means there's not much space between your fingers. Sumo wrestler. Sumo wrestler, they like it in Japan. But everyone else in Japan looks very thin except for them. Right? If you if you uh, have if you're very overweight, so then your fingers are pressed together. There's not much space, so you know that's what they would use. They would use chubby kohanim that they would be able to. Uh, so if you see a kohen is overweight, he says, "I'm only preparing to do the bet the bet I knew a guy when I was younger who kept his thumbnail very long. He was a kohen. He kept his thumbnail very long. He said, "Maybe the bet is going to be rebuilt, and I want to be able to do the kmitza, the mlika." Uh, Right, he said that really. He's and now he's actually a rabbi. Now he's a somebody chacham. Well, he was then. He is now. Probably but yeah, difficult. I don't know if he still. I don't know if he still still does that. But uh, but the um, but the same thing. The guy says I'm keeping my figure so I can do the uh, uh, do, do the uh, kmitzah. Anyway, does he do? Oh really? Yeah, I guess the keys. Yeah, but he says so for the uh, for the priya. Hashdad the atid lachir Rabbi Eliezer nami lechatchila the kamtzei shemine. So yeah, that's true. Yeah, they would use that. Yeah. So he says the, that is, even according to Rabbi Eliezer lechatchila, the best way to do it is to do it in a way that you don't have the problem. So even though Rabbi Eliezer would say, yeah, if there's stuff caught between the fingers, the thing to do is to put it up on the mizbeach and to uh, and and to say if it is really part of the kometz, it's part of the kometz, and if it's not, then it's just firewood. That would work according to Rabbi. But ideally, everyone agrees you should use people that have not much space between their fingers so that way you don't have the problem to begin with. And uh, that would be the solution that would work for everyone. Now, this is the siman for the next discussion, the next series of questions that are going to be posed in the Gemara here. question. We just discussed the flower that's stuck in between the fingers of a mincha when you're taking from a mincha. What about for the Ketorat of Yom Kippur. So, what's the question? If you're going to learn a Gzera Shavah, like we said before, to learn a Gzera Shavah between the taking of the Ketorat of Yom Kippur and the Kometz of the Mincha, meaning that just like by the Kometz of the Mincha, you must use your hand and you can't use a measuring cup. So too, we said, you can't use a measuring cup for the uh, Ketorat, you have to use your hands. So too, will be the same rule that whatever we decided by the Kometz of the Mincha, that the, between the fingers is a doubt, it's also going to be, a finger, be between the fingers is going to be a doubt for the Ketorat. So, this was his question. In other words, regardless of that, the thing is like this: that when it comes to the melochofnav of Yom Kippur of the Ketoret, it it says melochofnav vehevi. In other words, he has to bring whatever comes up in his hands. The pasuk tells you. 
Right, so Rashi says, Right, so forget about the Gzerashava, Rashi says. Right, that it doesn't matter. Even if it's true that he doesn't, uh, that, that he doesn't have to bring it with his bare hands, the question still is, what's the status of the things that would come up in between the fingers? It's still a question. Right, so he's he's not talking about the the issue of whether you're allowed to take it in a measuring cup or not. That's a different issue. Okay, um, he's saying still the question is what's between the fingers. What would the status of it be? So on one end you could say whatever comes up in his hands he brings it. Or you could say meaning means it has to be bekavana, and what comes in between the fingers is not bekavana by definition. So what do we say? Do we say whatever comes up comes up? And I, you know, when you take like this, you know, someone's going to get caught between your. Fingers. Fingers, and that's okay. Or do we say that, uh, that no, since whatever comes in between the fingers was not the kavana, so it's lacking kavana, and that would not be able to be included, and he would have to like wipe that off or something and not include it in the ketorot that he brings inside, and that's a takeo, we don't know the answer to that. Amar Papa asked another question. So still, but the question is, do you have to wipe it off? For example, sometimes some of the bother doesn't come out, this is considered yeah, but they, they make, business. yeah, but they make, they make, Provisions for that, they have to adjust, and you have to, they do have to adjust. I understand that really, when it comes to uh, taking the mincha, it has to be the way that people normally uh, take, do uh, kmitzah, which means that you put your your hand in like this and you curl the fingers, like we said before. But what if a person did it in an unconventional way? So he gives different examples. He says, for example, I believe he discussed this in Masachet Nachot, also these same uh, different, yeah, the same uh, calculations or same uh, pr- uh, same scenarios. That a person, the way Rashi says this is that he puts his hand flat mm. and he curls his fingers like this, right? He sticks his hand in upside down, basically. Does that work? What about that? You still come out with the same amount. Right, he says, or maybe he says milemata lemala mahu. If it's milemata lemala, so uh, according to that, what he me- what it means is that you put your hands in. Um, meaning instead of um, instead of having a uh, instead of grabbing with your the palm of your hand downwards and shoveling and closing your hand onto it, you have it the right direction. But instead of sticking your hand all the way in and closing the fingers, you scoop with your fingers into the palm of the hand. That's what Rashi seems to be saying. He says that pas. He says that uh, the back of his more? hand is down. Ve'la, no, no, you get the right amount. He's saying, but he says that means you take you take the flower in instead of just sticking your hand in and closing the hand you use the fingers as a shuffle and you move it into the palm of the hand that's is that, does, is that he's saying is that he's asking he's asking uh-huh. how precise does the method have to be when we talk about it we said before that means in the normal way of doing it so what's considered normal most people don't grab flower like this if they're grabbing something they grab like this Right? They don't grab from the top, but it comes out with the same amount. What if they do this, but they shovel it in instead of just doing this and closing their hand? Is that good? Or the last case would be minatzdadim, uh, right? He says, uh, and, and the way that he interprets minatzdadim uh, is that he, the, the way that Rashi seems to say is that, again, you have your hand down, um, and you, instead of sticking your fingers in, you basically push downwards, and it fills into your hand. You know how if you push the pressure downwards, on, if you put your hand on top of flour with the back of your hand downwards, and you just 
apply pressure downwards, it'll come around your hand in. So you're not pulling it in. You're not sticking your hand in and closing it. You're pushing downwards. Or if you go to the beach, you go and put your hand in the sand, push it down, and your hand will fill with sand. It works. Right? So what about those ways? And in all of those, he has the same answer, which doesn't help us too much right now. Take Amar Anyway, I mean, uh, any, any, any of those ways should be valid. No. He didn't think that that was left. He's saying, does it have to? It's like we have a halachot of Shabbat also. It has to be in the normal derech of doing something. If it's not the normal derech, it's All not proper. That's what you think, but I'm saying he's asking the question. So he obviously didn't think it was so so obvious. He's saying he thinks that it, the, the question does the method have to be precise? He's saying you said before, the kamatz means it has to be the way that people normally do it. What's the range of way that people normally do it? What's the what's the standard? Uh, you know, what is the stand? The standard we know what it is. What? It, how much deviation from the standard is still considered? Normal. That's that's all he's asking. That's why it's it's a gray area. Could be yeah. that you're right. Could not. Now it says. He said. And same thing. That when it comes to melo chufnav. Now we're talking about the case of the ketoret. Right. That's what you that you put your uh, the edge of your hand. As she says. He says. Uh, in other words, people, anashim, anashim, anashim. You put your hand, he says, the, the edge of your hand downwards. In other words, you do this. Like if you were taking something in your hand, off. if you have a pile of something and you want to take your hand, you take like this, right? You will curve your hand around and the edge of your hand will go under. Right? He says, that seems to be the normal way, right? But again, he's going to ask the same questions. What if he used In other words, he, again, he did it um, where he grabbed from the upside down, right? That's what he said meant before, that he grabbed upside down, right? He does it like this and he grabs. Instead, right, that, that, that would be one. Or the other possibility is they just milimata lemala, which according to the way that he said before means that he scoops in. Instead of sticking your hands in and coming like this, he scoops it into his hands using the fingers. Or or minatzad mahu, that he pushes downwards, right? That he uh, that he, he pushes downwards with his hands and the kitzorot fills into his hands, right? The same questions he asked about the mincha, basically. These are three methods of doing the, of filling the hands that are not the standard method, right? The standard method is you stick your hands in like this, no you close them and you pull them up. Ramban says that it, it is not valid ways, but the but the avad could be good, yeah. No, you, you just no, because you're pushing it into your. That could happen even if you do it the other way, it got under your nails. Right, right. but that's, but it's he, it's saying that the question is really here about the form of the collection of the min, the mincha and the form of the collection of the ketor. So the form is supposed to be you stick your hand in with the mincha and then you close the fingers. That's the form. How much variation is acceptable? The form of chafina. Of doing the of doing the scooping for the ketorot is supposed to be that you take your hands like uh, on on their edge, you push that push it in, you bring them together, and you pull it out. That's supposed to be how you do it. Now, what happens if the person does it in one of these unconventional ways? Upside down hands, grabbing, uh, uh, scooping in with the fingertips, or pushing downward so that the pressure causes the ketorot to fill his hands. Same question that we asked before. Are any of those legitimate? Or another one that wouldn't apply to the one-handed comets, which is, um, if he did, uh, he says, chafan bazo bazo or if he did two separately, he didn't bring them together into one uh, one group, like because you're supposed to make it into one double handful by Bring it, but no, he took one. He took 
the other, and then he put them together afterwards. Instead of doing it as one action of bringing together the double-handed scoop, making his two hands into a scooper, he took one, the other one, and then after taking it out, he put it together. What would be the status? And again, Rav Papa says, you know what? Don't worry too much. Take it. We're not sure. I just wanted to put out the question. Right now, Rav Papa asked again. Now, normally what you have to do is after you take the comets of the Mincha, you have to put it inside a vessel. That vessel is then taken to the Mizbeach, and then that comet is put on the altar. What happens if you stuck it to the side of the a vessel? In other words, inside the vessel, but on the wall of the vessel, instead of putting it on the bottom, you put it on the wall, right? It's, you stuck it because it's because remember it's it's oily, it's oily, so it's sticky, so you could stick it to the side. Wait, so it, right? now we're going back to to the flour. Oh, now, we're, whenever we're he says comets, it means flour. Yeah, so my toch klibainan vahaika. On one hand, it's inside the kli, should be good. Odil mahanachab tochol ketikno bainan vahaleka. Right? Or maybe you could say that since it is not in the normal way, because normally if I put something in a plate, if you come to a restaurant and they have a bowl and it's, your food is stuck to the side of the bowl, you're going to say that that's a little strange. <laughs> right? So leka, that would, that would not count. So teku, that is up for, for a question we don't know. Now, the way that Rashi interprets this case we're going to use. Let's say you had a vessel and you turned it upside down. But the bottom also has like an indent in it, right? It has like a curve. So you put it in that curve. So should that be good? The outer curve should also be good. So the question is, you could say that it's inside because basically you, uh, it also has a curve and you could say it's in the vessel because it's inside the curve of the vessel that's on the bottom of the vessel because the bottom of the vessel is curved. Or maybe it has to be in the normal way and normally use the inside of the vessel right side up. You don't use the bottom of the vessel. So like imagine the cup had on the bottom a curve and you could put something into it. All right, so Teiko, again, we don't know the answer. Tosafot has another interpretation of the case that it means that actually you melted down or you like reshaped, like the case of the shofar that they talk about, where you like heated it up and you reversed the outside, the inside, and that's what it means. Either way, when we talk about this handfuls, now we're back to the Ketorot again, is it mechukot, very like a tight amount, or gidushot, overflowing? Tashima, Rabbi Abba said to Ravashi, come and listen. Fot means smooth. In other words, it should be smoothly, exactly filling his two hands. It shouldn't be overflowing and it shouldn't be too little. Right? Don't be cheap, but don't be too much. Right? So that's the, that one got resolved. We finally have a question of Rav Papa that was resolved. Now, so, we learned over there, if you, now this is talking about an animal korban. If they collected the, the, uh, the blood of a korban and it spilled on the floor, and then they collected pasul. In other words, if they had received the blood in the vessel and then some of it spilled on the ground or all of it and they collect it back into the vessel, it's okay because they did a proper receiving of the blood. They did a proper receiving of the blood and then it fell on the ground. But if it went directly on the ground and they want to collect it afterwards, they didn't do a proper receiving of the blood, so it's no good. How do we know that? Right? So it says, you should take from the blood of the bull. Right? Meaning from the blood through which the soul of the animal expires. Not from the blood of the, of, of the cut of the skin. And not the blood that comes afterwards. Right? They move the mem over to the other word. Right? Means You have to take the blood right from the cow. You can't take it from the ground. 
Okay, that's an additional thing. In other words, in addition to the fact that it has to be the blood of the, of the power, meaning the blood of the soul, the essential, the life blood of the animal, the blood that comes out at first from the shechita. Right, it also has to be directly from. Because normally midam means from, meaning only a portion. And you might say that midam apar means I only have to collect part of the blood. That's not true. You always have to receive all of the blood. Right? It says that you have to spill all of the blood. Uh, out, and that means that you have to collect all of the blood. So, mi dam apar, el mina mam mi dam apar, dam me apar, meaning you have to receive it from the cow. So, you move the mem over to the other word, right? It doesn't mean a portion of the blood, it means blood from the cow directly. And that means that according to this, interp- according to this way of thinking, you can subtract and add letters and interpret. In other words, we're moving the mem over to the other word, and that's a legitimate type of a drasha. Now, what's the reason why we're mentioning this? Because we have a distinction. If you receive the blood directly from the, the animal and then it's spilled, you did a proper Kabbalah of the blood, so therefore you're allowed to pick up the blood off the floor and, and, and throw it on the Mizbech. But if you, if it went on, if you didn't have a proper vessel in your hand and you did the Shechitah and said, oh, what did I do? I forgot to bring a, and it spills all over the floor. Now you can't get it anymore. So the question is, what about Ketoret? Ba'er of Papa. Now of Papa's back. Nitpazero Ketoret mi Melochofnav. The person took the Melochofnav. He took the handfuls of the Ketoret and it spilled all over the ground. So what's the story? Yado upsula. Do we say that that because the question is what stages in the taking of the ketoret are analogous to what stages of a korban, right? So when he takes the the the, um, the normally what we say is that the um, that the uh, uh, you know the, yeah the kmitza is like shchita. Right, even though it requires a kohen, so it's a little bit different than shchita. We usually say it's like shchita, and then you put the you put the comets in a in a vessel that's like kabbalah, right? So here he's taking in his hands. So it's saying, should we say that the taking in his hands is like it being in the neck of the animal? Yado Therefore, if it falls on the ground, it's just like if you did a shchita on an animal and the blood fell on the ground. You can't pick it up. He has to do it over now. He has to do another taking of two handfuls of ketoret because whatever fell on the ground, he can't pick it up. Or we look at his hands as vessels. We look at that as kelim. And therefore, since he took it in his hands, um, once he took it in his hands, that was legitimate. That was like the Kabbalah of the ketoret. And therefore, even if he drops it on the ground, he can pick it up again. And again, take what we are left with a uh, with a question on that, when he takes the handfuls of the ketoret, the two handfuls, Right, or the double handful of ketoret. And he, what if he has a um, bad machshava? We learned about like the machshava pigul. He thinks, you know what? I'm going to bring this tomorrow. I'm going to bring this at the wrong time. Right? So he's, he's thinking some bad machshava. So maybe we should say that just like by a comet of a flower offering, when you take the handful of the flower offering, if you have a wrong machshava, it will make it pigul. So too here, when he takes the handfuls of the ketoret, it should be the same. Oh, di- oh, no. Or maybe we'll say no, that since there's so many other things going on, in other words, he first takes that and then he puts it on the spoon and then he goes inside. The real offering of the ketoret is in the Kodesh HaKodeshim. You could argue that this is just a measuring out of the ketoret. It's not really a, uh, it's not really a, an act of avodah in, in and of itself. So it says, Come and listen to the following resolution to your question. It says, a comet, is it supposed to be there? It's a race. 
waste. What does it say? Um, yeah, it says a solid. That if you have certain things in a vessel, even though they're made of small pieces, like flour is made of little granules, uh, the ketoret is made of tiny pieces, levona is made of tiny pieces, as we saw, gechalim are made of different individual pieces. If a tevulyom touches even one of those coals that's in there, it'll make all of the coals that are in the vessel into tamay uh, and pasul. Okay, a tevulyom is somebody who went, who was tamei, and they went to the mikveh that day, and they have a, a certain lower, lower level, lower grade level of tum'ah for the rest of the day. Now, there's a long Tosafot that discusses how this is really deoraita, not derabanan, so on, or, you know, discusses the whole issue of deoraita, derabanan here. But the point is, that even if he touches part of it, he makes them all pasul. So, So, from the fact that it says that the ketorit is one of the things, right? And, and once it goes into the, and it's saying that the, these things can be um, made pasul by a tevulyom. So since it can make it uh, be pasul by a tevulyom, that means it can also be pasul if it's left overnight. But that means, in other words, it's fully vested with its kedusha. And it mentions ketoret here. So obviously ketoret also can be, uh, is, is considered on the level of kedusha that it's sensitive to an invalidation of machshava as well. Now Rashi says, Alma That since the vessel that these items are in can make it pasul for, uh, for let's say, uh, for a tevulyom to touch it, so leaving it overnight also. Even thinking that you're going to have it for the next day will make it uh, uh, will make it pasul uh, uh, as well. And then he, he, the Rashi asked a question there, but the point is that uh, what we see from here is as soon as he takes, he designates that ketoret by taking it in his two hands, it is sensitive now, susceptible to the tum'ah of a tevulyom, and it's also susceptible to bad machshava that could make it pasul. Okay? And then Bayra Papa Papa asked a further question, Chishav b'chattayat gechalim what about if he takes the gechalim, he's taking for the fire pan. We know that he goes onto the Mizbeach and he takes the coals that he's going to bring into the Kodesh Kodashim. What if he, when he's doing that, he thinks, you know what? I'm going to bring these into the Kodesh Kodashim tomorrow. I'm tired. I stayed up all night. It was, I'm really, you know, I'll do this tomorrow. It's a quieter day. It says, so what do we say? Do we say, since it's a hechshir mitzvah, it's a part of the mitzvah. He needs it in order to offer the ketoret. So it's the same thing. If he has wrong intention during that time, it can invalidate the entire thing. Or maybe not. Maybe it's only a hechsher mitzvah. It's not really the avodah itself. So it's not like the taking of the ketorot where his machshava would have an impact and take over left to the question. This time they asked from Rav Sheshet. This isn't Rav Papa, but Rav Sheshet is being asked a question. What if a Kohen carries something to the altar in his left hand? Okay, instead of his right hand. Normally, every avodah has to be done with the right hand. What about the left hand for carrying? Okay, and now remember, carrying is a little bit different because it's not as indispensable as other avodot because if the coin is standing right next to the mezbech, there is no holacha. So it's not always present. So it's a little bit of a lower status of avodah. So amalu rav We learned it. We already learned that he carries the uh, he carries the spoon of ketoret into yeah, the kosher kosher with his left hand, right? But the point is, he sh- if if there's small sure. is a total uh, invalidation, there's so then it should never right, right. There's a precedent for it. You see that it works, so it should be okay. And Tosafot asks the question here, well, with, that the whole issue here in the sugya is, can you learn from that or not? Why don't we learn from the following Mishnah? We learned that when the Kohen brings the parts of the Korban Ola up to the Mizbeach, he holds the right leg of the animal in his left hand with the skin facing outward, 
right? So, that's different. Because bringing of the limbs to the Mizbeach is not Me'akev. If the, as long as the throwing of the blood was done, even if the limbs didn't make it to the altar, the, the, the korban was finished, right? So therefore, it can't, it's not going to invalidate. But you might have thought that that is necessary for the kapara, such as bringing the blood over to the mizbeach, such as bringing the ketoret into the, uh, into the kodesh kodashim, which, where it's absolutely necessary. So you would think that there, the left hand would be an invalidator. So kamashmalanda, we learn that actually it, is not an invalidation, right? Right, from the case of the calf, ultimately, we learn that because since you can't really learn it from the limbs of the Ola because limbs of the Ola is, is not as stringent, right? Now, the Gemara is going to go on to ask another question about this at the top um, and, and, uh, and to finish off the discussion, but I, I guess we'll do it. So we have a minute. It'll only take a minute. There is an objection. The following people would make these avodot pasul. Zar is a non-kohen. Onen is a person who had a close relative die that day. Shikur is a drunk person in Balmum. If they re- if, if, a person with a defect. If they receive the blood or they carry it or they throw it, it is pasul. V'chen yoshev. Or if they did any of those avodot sitting, v'chen small. And also if they did it with the left hand, pasul. Right? So it clearly says that the left hand is bad for holacha, for carrying, from, uh, you know, for conveying the item. So tiyuvta, that seems to clearly... Uh, contradict what Rav Sheshit just said. Right? So then it says, Rav Sheshit, who the Odva didn't, Rav Sheshit himself quote this brighter once. One time, Rav Sheshit said to the sort of like lecture assistant, you could say, of Rav Chizda, What's the status of a non Kohen carrying the blood? He said, It's good. And I'll show you from a pasuk because the pasuk says This is from Divrei Yamim. Right, that the Kohanim took from the hands that the Levi'im were holding the blood for them and they took from the Levi'im to throw the blood on the altar. So you see that the Levi'im actually brought the blood over to the Mizbeach and, it, and, uh, and yet it wasn't pasul. So you see that the holacha is not, it doesn't become pasul. But then Rav Sheshit, who had trapped him, then said, what about this b'raita? It says in this b'raita that a non-kohen and a person who had a relative die and a drunk person and a defect, a person with a physical defect, if they receive the blood or carry it or throw it, it's pasul. So too with someone sitting, so too with, with a left hand. All right? So you see from that that he himself brought this b'raita to contradict Rav Chisda. So how could he then forget the bright and ask and say, oh no, left hand is okay for carrying over to the Mizbech. How could he do that? The answer is, after he heard it, but at the time when he asked this question, he hadn't heard the bright yet. They didn't know all the bright necessarily in advance. He hadn't heard it yet. So later on, he weaponized it against Rav Chistab, but earlier he wasn't aware of it. And what about the fact that Rav Chistab brought a pasuk? The avud must say it's teba. They were acting like stands, meaning to say, it's not that the Levi'im carried the blood over to the Mizbeach. They just stood there and held it stationary, and the, meaning the Kohanim were doing all the Shechita, the, the, and receiving the blood. The Levi'im were standing still, not moving, holding the blood, and they would come take it from them when they were ready to use it. But you see that, any, but that the conveying of the blood to the Mizbeach is just as much an Avodah as anything else, and therefore it's Pasul with the left hand. So that means that the case of the Kaf, the case of the spoon that he brings in, is, a, is really a Chidush of the Torah. In that case, because the only way to do it, as we learned earlier, 
earlier, the only way to do it, which is mechubad, which would be proper and wouldn't involve going into the Kodesh HaKodeshim twice, would be to do it in this way that you use the left hand. Because normally, because we said, why doesn't he pile one on top of the other? Why doesn't he put it in his teeth? All of these things would be um, not mechubad, not respectful, or he would have to go in twice, bring the fire pen, then bring the, uh, then bring the ketorot. So since there's no other way to do it, the Torah allowed it in this case. But in every other case, the left hand being used would actually be a uh, disqualifier for even for just carrying an item to the Mizbeach, carrying the blood to the Mizbeach, or even for carrying Ketorah to the place where it needs to go. Okay, so that's the conclusion. Okay.